Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When the red, red robin comes bop, bop, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Roland and Catrienne take over transport for London. Sorry I'm a bit late. Welcome to Charlton Live. And welcome to Charlton Live here, live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. I'm your host for this evening. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley are uh, on my left, uh, sitting very close to Nathan, is, is Sue Gallup. How are you doing, Sue? I'm good, thanks, Louis. Yeah, good to have you here. And uh, as, as I've mentioned, there, Nathan Muller is here. How are you doing, Nathan? You're living the dream, aren't you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Good to see you living the dream as always. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, and joining us, of course, is uh, Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad, thanks, Louis. Yeah, recovering from yesterday. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on tonight's show, of course, we're going to have to, once again, uh, I honestly thought we were on onto something when we won Rotherham last week. We're back back to the same old rubbish. Uh, we need to talk about another <laughs> another defeat this time at the hands of Bristol City yesterday. We're going to hear uh, from Jose Riga as he came in to speak to Terry about the game. But, uh, of course, most importantly, we want to hear from you guys. Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can email us or tweet us at charltonlive. We want to know what you guys made of that defeat against uh, against Bristol City yesterday how you think our survival chances are looking now after that game because you know if you thought they were looking a bit better after the Rotherham game they've t- certainly taken a hit uh, and also in the second half of the show we want to uh, well, my idea is after we saw a man dressing up as a donkey 
uh, yesterday at the Valley. I want to know alternative protest ideas. So, sort of not not the sort of thing that Card have been coming up. Obviously, they've been doing really well coming up with uh, protests and stuff. But something something a bit funnier, something a bit alternative. So, I mean, Nathan, you, you, you <laughs> mentioned you, you mentioned one off air. You mentioned one off air, which uh, which sounded quite interesting. Are you gonna are you gonna enlighten no, I, us I, on that one? I'll, I'll probably wait. I'll probably wait to sort of. Um release that sort of statement later maybe keep them guessing yeah keep mm. them guessing yeah that could be a flash no one needs to could, see that that could be a flash nah. protest of his very own I a flash, yeah, yeah. Literally a flash protest <laughs> yeah. right so before we get before we get stuck, dropped. Yeah, before we get stuck into enjoying uh, the vision of Nathan doing a flash protest let's uh, let, let's listen back to uh, to the goals uh, the goal from yesterday's game a controversial incident and uh, this is how Terry uh, described it on the CFC player Fox gets his head to it ahead of Kajir Jackson also gets his head to it, but it's picked off by Pack, and then Charlton try and clear. They block themselves, and it's a snapshot from Little Smith. Dropped to Tomlin, couldn't get it under control, penalty. and he's reckoned he's been fouled. It's a penalty. The referee says that Tomlin's been pushed. There was contact. I just don't know if it was enough to take him down. He's in a position, Tomlin, where he's just about to pull the trigger. I can't imagine it would go down unless he gets the contact. This is a shot that got deflected into the path towards Tomlin. For a minute, it looked like he was, was going to just release the trigger and put Bristol City ahead. Instead, they've got a penalty. It's Tomlin himself who's going to take it. I, I, there was contact. Whether that was enough to give a penalty, I need to see that again. And they won't show it on the big screen, you, you doubt. And Tomlin uh, looks like he's the one that's going to take the kick, but uh, I think that was soft in the extreme, but uh, I'd have to see it again to be certain. And Charlton uh, potentially off to the worst possible start here at the Valley. 20 minutes gone and it's going to be Tomlin to take this penalty in front of the cover then steps up strikes it right footed oh Henderson got something to it but it went straight through him in the end and Bristol have the lead yeah he stood his ground he thought Tomlin was going to go down the middle it's just the power of Tomlin's shot has carried it through in the end for him watching the replay now he's, he's gone down the middle and Henderson's read it he's just not got enough on it he's dip, disappointed with himself Bristol City have the lead here so there we go that's what I'm calling the highlights for yesterday's game to be honest it pretty much was because it wasn't a game where a great deal happened certainly nothing happened in terms of us going forward did it no I thought it was a poor game just in general we were saying before the show it was probably a, a nil-nil game apart from that one decision really for both teams you can see why they're both down in the bottom three mm. based on that and the only thing I will say is I think if, if you have to look at how busy a goalkeeper was, Henderson did have to make mm. two or three actually good saves. So you could, you know, I think you'd be, for me, I think you'd be hard pushed to say that you deserve anything out of that, to be honest. Yeah, I think I agree. I think um, he was obviously devastated when he when he missed that penalty. I think he really thought he was going to save it. And it was, like Greg said in the commentary there, it was straight at him. It was just the power of it that beat him. And uh, yeah, he certainly redeemed himself with a couple of good saves later on to keep us keep us in at just one goal down but um yeah just just not a good game really yeah i guess the uh the the main team news at the start of the game is the fact that obviously Yuvetta Kaley he scored uh, up at Rotherham last week uh, injured so he couldn't he couldn't start today and Adam O'Lillman come in and I think um if you look at the games where Lookman has struggled in this season <coughs> Bristol City away was one where he, he just got beaten up off the ball really he was quite a small lad mm. and um we didn't see much from him yesterday really did we either yeah no and um, there was a there was a point um in the first half where he come across against the big I think is it Flint their centre half yeah mm. and literally just 
it was a fair tackle, but Addy just went flying. Yeah. Um, and you sort of knew he was going to be out-muscled against those two centre-arts, so he had to try and come a bit deeper to try and get the ball a bit more. Um, and obviously got to fl- go out wide and try to do that. So, um, But I mean, I was saying off air as well, in comparison to last week, it was just like chalk and cheese. So like last week we had... You know, he was quite creative going forward and looked like we was always going to score. Where last week, uh, well, yesterday, sorry, we just, um, I don't know, we just seemed off the boil completely. And, yeah, we're just back to, it's Groundhog Day, we're back to square one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the way the game started for us, you know, a game where you need that sort of, you need to be an atmosphere in the stadium, you need the team to, to kick it off, really. And we, we just started so slowly and I don't know what it was. <coughs> and and the, the atmosphere around the stadium was subdued. It just didn't feel like the sort of urgency that we've seen from... So even from the crowd in home games, but the, the play, it just didn't feel like we started that lively, really, for me. No, I think, like, I don't know. I, I, I was really hopeful coming up to the ground. I thought, like, I had a really good feeling about it, like, having sort of signed a couple of new players in the week and sort of after last week's, like, massive win, I had a really good feeling. And, but it just seemed like even the crowd didn't seem... I mean, they, they there were periods of time where they were singing loudly, but... It just seemed like a really flat atmosphere, and and I think um, although people sort of we have we have these discussions about the crowd getting behind the team does make a difference. It does, and I, I just feel like no one seemed up for it yesterday. Yeah, oh dear. <clears throat> um, the the penalty, uh, Jose seemed to think it wasn't one. What did, what did you guys think? It was uh, sort of a shot that I think it hit Solly. And the ball broke, broke towards uh, Tomlin, who's gone down under a tiny, tiny bit of pressure from uh, Johan Berg Goodmanson. I mean, Jose didn't think it was. What did you uh, on initial reaction? I only caught the very end of it because it was in the middle of the the card protest, which I assume we'll go on to talk about yeah. in a bit more detail later. But from the bit I did see, it looked very, very soft. And from people who've seen replays and tweeted about it later on, it appears that it was it was a very soft decision. But the ref yesterday was pretty poor. I thought just in general, not not necessarily favouring either side, but yeah, it looked uh, looked like a very soft decision. Did you guys think of it? Did you, did you think there was something in it? Or? Well, I was I was I'm, I sit right down the other end, so I only saw um, the guy, uh, what was his name, Tommy. Uh, Tommy fall over. So, and I, I couldn't really see it. And I was going to watch it on the um, football league show, whatever you call it, but I don't watch that when we lose. So I've only watched it a couple of times this yeah, year. So, have, you ever, have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it like <laughs> twice. I think I was so stupid, but um, I, I, I haven't seen it again. But at first, when he goes down, you're automatically going to think it's a pen. But yeah, everyone, like Tom said, everyone said it's weren't a pen, and Jose didn't think so either. So yeah, it was just it was actually right in line with where I sit. I sit up that end in the lower west, so it was like. But all of us were like straight away. That's not a pen. That, yeah. that was just he just he made a meal of it. And I mean, he's he's like good luck to him. He's won he's won a penalty out of it. And if one of our players had done the same, we'd be over the moon. But I like like we've all said already. I think <clears throat> not that the referee obviously is we we didn't deserve anything out of that game. But the referee was shocking for both sides. Yeah, he was okay. Um, the, uh, the this is something that's I think we're going to come onto this sooner rather than later. Oh, actually, just just before that, Henderson unlucky with the penalty. He, he stayed down yeah. the middle yeah. and it looked like he was going to keep it out. It, I think he actually got his hands to it as well. But it, I think, like like Tom said, just the 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 ferocity of the shot it's just gone through him. Mm. So and he looked absolutely gutted. I mean, any keeper does when they let a goal in. But I think because he did get his hands to it, that's that just added. I mean, he's put his 
put his head in the net, didn't he? He was just yeah. like... Mm. The fans behind the goal were straight away sort of trying to pick him up, though. And I think the crowd started cheering his name straight after the penalty as well. They, I mean, he was the one player that I can remember was actually getting his name sung throughout the game because mm. he did... Like, I think there was a few... I think it was probably about four saves, especially in the second half, that he made that you, you just like, at least he's doing it. Like, because that could have ended up being a what happened the other week up at Huddersfield. Yeah. He's um he's admitted he's been out of form any as well like yeah. the last month. So I think to admit that and now start to pick up his form, I think the fans see that. See, he's really. He's, I think <clears throat> fans appreciate honesty, don't they? Yeah. And like his players like him and and Jacko that will come out and say we just weren't good enough. Yeah. And they don't try and cover cover up for any of these like the shortfallings, but. And I think that's why the the fans relate to those yeah. two in particular better than some of the others. Um, so I was trying to think of in terms of chances we had in that first half. Um, all I've got written down from, from yesterday is George A. took Sarah's sort of looping header from a, a free kick that was going mm. nowhere. Mm. And then a, a shot from Lookman that was blocked. And I think... Again, Jose says it once. Once Bristol City got ahead, they they knew that they knew they know how to defend. I mean, I think. At, um, oh God, yeah. They at, were. at Ashton Gate, where it was a similar situation, <laughs> they actually started getting quite nervy in the last ten minutes or so because their crowd was there making them nervy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't have that pressure of a home crowd, a nervous home crowd yesterday, and they seemed to. I mean, they they just made it very difficult for us. And whereas that's no excuse because we need, if we want to stay up, we need to be good enough to break down teams. We're going to get ahead and then just sit back but that, that you can see why we were struggling at times I think like we we was actually sitting during the the first half I was sitting next to my mate and I kept saying we've got a lot of the ball we're just not doing a lot with it because they were so like every time you looked there was 11 behind it 11 behind it all the time and it just was like how are we gonna break through it because we'd get to a certain point and then we'd come back again and that's when I think the 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 fans start getting restless and then it, it feeds onto the pitch and then I think that was it then. There was, um after the game, there was a lot of people saying using the word gutless to describe the performance. And I think when we went that goal behind, you could see it was kind of like we saw a lot under Fry where all the passes were going sideways and backwards. And I think that was partly down to the fact that the heads had dropped and there was kind of this lack of uh, they just didn't feel like they could go forwards and create. But at the same time, like Sue says there, I think Bristol were working hard and defending well as well. And the gaps just weren't there for us to exploit them. You saw that a lot with Lookman. Like mm. like we say, he struggled to get in the game at all because there was just no space for him to work with, really. Okay. Normally, you just go, like, he could just weave in and out of those yeah. players. But they, oh, they'd obviously done their own work and, mm. and shut him down on every occasion. Yeah, uh, Kevin Kraut says, spot on, Sue, we would want our players to do the same but got to get in the box first. Talking about when when Tomlin went down uh, quite easily. Peter Pierce says he missed the start of the show. But are the panel saying that the lads weren't trying apart from the goalkeeper? Would you Would you go that far? No, I, no. I, I wouldn't say that at all. I wouldn't say the lads never tried. I'd never never say that unless I, thought, I didn't think the the you know the commitment was lacking. I just think it was just that lack of ingenuity in the middle of the park. I think. I mean, we was like Tom was saying, we and Sue was saying, we were sort of going sidewards without penetrating them enough. And we just lacked that bit of spark and that little bit of ingenuity in the middle of the park to pick out the little bits of spaces that Tom was just. Alluding just looked to, like so. a real lack of confidence. Yeah, I we think. just look very predictable, which we have quite a lot, of, quite a lot of the mm. season. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, London Inic Giza says the worst Valley performance for a long while. Very little effort from our boys in a must-win game. So much for Riga, the saviour. And that, I mean that's a good point. I mean we saw an improved. Obviously, the, the whole game was was Jose Riga's first game, and you don't you're not even taking a training session quite half, and so. We have to sort of write that one off, I guess. But um, 
the, the next game, the Blackburn game, I thought there, there was an improved performance. Mm, and obviously we saw definitely. that we saw that fine win against Rotherham. You know, do you think the wheels have come off now? Or are we are, are praying it's just going to be a blip? <clears throat> it's just a stumbling block, I think. Surely, I think it's just a little stumbling block where, you know, we're not, just because we beat Rotherham 4-1, we ain't going to go on and win every single game now until the end of the season. Um, there's going to be a lot more lows and probably, a, hopefully, a few more highs there is for the rest of the season. But, you know, we've just got to scrap that one yesterday and then obviously concentrate next week now. I can't really... I think on on that note as well, we was talking about it off air was the fact that the Bristol City players were aware that their new manager was in the stands watching yeah. the game. So and they've obviously got to prove to him that they're good enough to stay in his side. So not to say that that kind of that should affect us, but I think that had a lot lot to do with Bristol City's like I mean they weren't fantastic, but they were like effective. Mm. So in their performance. I guess in some cases it is slightly easier to be the away team in this sort of situation when yeah. you're going, to, especially for them. And they were in a position where they they knew they probably knew a point would be enough anyway. I think for them, mm. um, and and it's easier to just go and sort of just be the team that, that can sit back and hit on the counter. And especially once like once you're one 0 up, it does make it a lot easier. And it, towards the end of that second half, they were hitting us on the counter time and time again. It was mm. a miracle. Thank, thanks to Hendo that we didn't go uh, further behind. I think um, at the start of the second half. We, we just had this brief spell where we we had our shot on our, our shot on goal. Um, the, it was Bergdich when he got in, does what down the down the right and had a low shot towards O'Donnell. And we saw like a cross from Solly that came to Lookman, whose header was blocked, and from the corner I think George got one, which didn't really go on target. So we we started trying to play, but nothing nothing really. No, there was, the penetration wasn't really there. Yeah, no, it was, it was and that, and, that, and that's a disappointing thing because we were a home team and we knew that was going to probably come and. You know, score and sit behind the ball, probably just like we would if we was going one up away from home. Um, but yeah, it's it's just hard to put your finger on it, really, why it was so different from last week at Rotherham. But maybe it goes back onto the fact, you know, that we're we're more comfortable playing away from home. Maybe that is the case where you know you've not got half as many people getting on their backs; they feel a bit more relaxed. Um, and yeah. I think everyone has said like players, our own players, players from away sides, players that have left the the club and said what an intimidating place the valley can be and if if it's intimidating for your own players then you're going to worry i'm not saying again i'm not criticizing the fans at all they've got every right to to criticize and stuff but when it starts getting to the point where it's like a, a the the atmosphere is toxic i feel at the moment and i think a lot of that's got to do with the off-field stuff but what we can't do is let that come on to to the pitch and and let that affect the players because i think it does um Mm. and i think like like naif's just said sort of the last few years really i would say we've always played better away from home we yeah. have struggled to play well yeah. at the valley we've w- had the odd odd decent game but yeah. i would just say i think that the the toxic atmosphere here I'd, you say it started with the off field so I, I think that fans have generally been quite harsh on players even before roland even come actually here, I think, yeah. yeah so no, yeah, i, I no, think that the, the protests and, the, and any bad atmosphere at times could be uh, not not aligned to each other, but at the same time, obviously, if we're playing badly, then it is going to be a difficult place yeah. to play. It's sort of a never-ending spiral, really. I think um, like intimidating is quite a good word to use as well because we've seen it work to our advantage and make mm. it intimidating for the opposition. But like I say, definitely yesterday it was intimidating for our own players, and, and like I said earlier, that's why or certainly filters down to them because you could see them passing sideways and passing back, and no one prepared to take a risk. 
Is it frightened to make a mistake? Yeah, and play that 50-50 or 70-30 against sort of ball forwards. They'd rather play the safe ball. And even when the four minutes added time came up, we were passing backwards between the back four and there was no options up front. And like I say, it was partly down to Bristol's hard work, but I feel that the atmosphere didn't help and they just, yeah, they were too nervous to, to try I something. I think by talk, talking um, to one of the lads after the game, he it, it, it felt that um, there was nowhere to go with it. <laughs> So that's why it stays in the back so often, particularly yeah. towards the end. It was like there were no options to go forward because everyone was like sitting too far back. And then, of course, you've got Bristol that have got all their men behind the ball. So it's it's that, that fear factor, I think, is that I don't want to go and make a mistake and do something wrong because then they're going get, to get on my back. Mm. And we've seen it happen with Big Mac, haven't we? Mm. I mean, we've... Where he's, he's been sort of targeted in some ways and and that's obviously that's why um celebrated the way he did last last week not saying it's right but this this, he puts in the effort he's not a bad player you just have to question like whether some of these players are good enough for this league yeah sometimes i mean uh since we're sort of obviously talking about this sort of thing the morgan fox situation yesterday oh. i mean i mean there's, there's plenty of players out there who are, who are having bad games and morgan's not it's not like it's not like he was playing like he was barcelona he, he was struggling for yeah. sure he gave the ball away a couple of times as did everyone else but uh, we've always had i mean every, every club has it i'm sure i'm certain everyone every club has it when you speak to your friends ask them who, who their least favorite players are and there'll be players that you think well actually they're all right you've obviously but he's scapegoated isn't he, he uh, it, when he makes a bad pass it gets picked up, up on 10 times worse than when jordan cousins makes a bad pass and i reckon they make similar amount of so bad passes to be honest I, I think you're right and i think yesterday it, it was hard to i don't know why he in particular was singled out for the treatment that he received because I think you'd probably count like well probably three players in that team yesterday that even weren't up to up to their full what they're capable of, but the rest of them no one was any better than anyone else and I'd, I'm not sure why Morgan's being singled out for this treatment. Um, and the other thing is I think <clears throat> what you're saying, Louis, about all clubs having this this mentality that they have to dig out one of the players. I think that's only come in probably since we got relegated from the championship the last time. Prior to that, we've always been a very supportive crowd. We've always, if even if a player's having a bad game, it was always like we were the ones to try and pull them out of that hole. And I think since we got relegated, even maybe from the Premier League, that hasn't been the case. And then we have, like, look at Simon Francis. He's, like, unbelievable. He's playing in the Premier League now. And he, what a fantastic player. But he got dug out every single week when he was here. Mm. And it weren't only him that was rubbish. It was, like, all of them. Mm. But he was the one that got dug out. And I think I think it's a recent thing here. Sorry, I'm going on. Yeah. I've, I've always had this theory, actually. Because, obviously, it's, it's, I, mean, I might just be imagining this. But I always find that our fullbacks. backs I mean, obviously, Chris Solly's an excellent player. And he, he's never had this. But I always wonder if fullback is the most difficult position to keep hold of the ball. Because you look at Simon Francis. You look at Morgan Fox. They used to give the ball away a lot. Mm. I only just wonder because you're right by the line. And, therefore, you've only got half a pitch to aim for rather than... If you kick it off the other side, there's no one's there. So I've always had this theory, which is why they get scapegoated slightly more because it's slightly more difficult for them. But um, yeah, uh, obviously, like I said, the the performance of the crowd does it doesn't take away anything from the, the bad performance of the players. No, 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 no. no. I would say that Fox had one of his worst games. Personally, I don't think he was very good at all. But it doesn't excuse 
the attitude of, of people when he went off. Mm. And it was clear he needed to come off. I think he probably knew himself he was having one of those games. But to react like that, how's that going to make him feel if he then goes into next game? Because he's got a chance to correct it and have a good game. And yeah. that's obviously going to be playing on his mind. Right, I mean, Dan, yeah, that, sorry, Luke. I mean, one last thing. on. I think Fox would probably be... He'd admit himself that he probably had a bad game. Yeah, so, I mean, everyone knew he had a bad game. He probably did as well. Like Mac did for, against Ipswich, wasn't it? He knew, yeah. he, knew he had a bad game. Um, but to do that and to humiliate someone in, thousands, in front of thousands of people, I don't care if they're a footballer, a teacher or whatever, if, you, if that happens to you as a human, everyone booing you when you're running off, I just find it, it was just ho- horrible to watch. So, I mean, I had to leave after that because I was just so angry after that. So... And I sort of vented on Twitter a little bit, but um, <laughs> got some very upset yeah. messages from Nathan last night. He was very distressed <laughs> about the treatment of Morgan. But um, yeah, no. So I mean, hopefully next week, you know, we all get behind him, and you know, I hope he scores a screamer next week. Just yeah. to, and then you can go and boo everyone else. Yeah. Uh, Danny Lay <laughs> says yesterday's performance was utterly, utterly useless. Played like we have been confirmed for relegation with attitudes like that. We will be. John O'Sullivan says was at the game, but just watch <clears> highlights. <throat> Club put online, softest penalty, but shocked we never had a single shot, deserved to lose. Uh, so keep your tweets and your emails coming in. We want to know what you guys made of yesterday's game. Uh, and uh, also the uh, the topic we're going to run to try and calm things down a bit is um, uh, what um, what's the, what uh, ideas for protests? Obviously, uh, Charlton Card have been doing really well with all sorts of um, uh, all sorts of things that the um, the, the club. Uh, the, sorry that the protests have, have been doing they've been doing really good the, the protests and, but we're, we're trying to think of different ideas slightly funnier ones so after we saw a guy dressing up as a donkey yesterday so ones that probably wouldn't be as successful as their ones but at least let's try and make them funny so let's know what you make of that studio at chartonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. we're going to hear what uh, Joe Zariga came in to speak to Terry yesterday and um, the uh, uh, we want to hear what he said on yesterday's game joined in the studio uh, after the 1-0 reverse at home to Bristol City by uh, by Jose Riga. Jose, after the euphoria of Rotherham, we've come crashing down to earth a bit today. Uh, disappointing, obviously. Um, were you disappointed? Not so much as, the, uh, uh, obviously, the result, but we didn't seem to create a, a great deal today. No, 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 no. We have uh, many difficulties to, to create opportunities, but I think that the opponent didn't create also not a lot. But they were in a in a better situation just because they take the lead on a decision that I cannot explain even now because for me there is no penalty. So um, for sure, for sure, it gives the direction of the game and unfortunately we were not uh, enough creative, we were not enough uh, fluent in our game, not enough availabilities. Um, yeah, we, we missed some, something. Do we miss about the the we miss will or fight? I don't think so. I don't think so. But when the opponent takes the lead, it was more easy for them, of course, to control the game. So we have to do more in this kind of situation, and we were not able to do more. And that's why we have to find a solution for the next game and thinking why and how we can do better. Uh, you you mentioned about the penalty. We thought it was soft in the commentary at the time. We we you know I was. Keen to see it again. I haven't yet. I, I assume you've had a chance to, to look at it uh, since, and uh, yeah, it looked minimal. I never speak without uh, uh, being able to see to see the, the image. So yeah, no, for me it's just diving. But it's a big decision, you know. In our situation, in this kind of game, it's a very very tough decision. Whether 
I found also that it was difficult to put some rhythm in the game because always we stop, we take some decision. And yeah, of course, but it's part it's part of of of, of a match, of a game. It's part of football, so we have to be stronger than all this. And yeah, we we didn't really do what we we think that we we have to do. Is because emotion is because the situation is because the context of course all this is important but anyway uh, the most important is to think that if we cannot win the, the, this game it's because of course this decision but also because we have to be as I repeat better and and we have to try to try much better to play and not always to kick it's not based on our football I mean we don't have the player just to, to fight we have the player that has to try to play uh, much better be patient sometimes be patient uh, when you concede uh, still enough enough time let's say to do the same more properly and also, of course we have to think also that Bristol of course did, did well in, in, in a way that they didn't let us uh, a lot of opportunity, so um, they did their job. And but I think again, big decision who, who really influenced the, the the final result. Yeah, and <coughs> equally frustrating that a few minutes later, Simon Mackinock seemed to have his shirt ripped off his back in their penalty area, and nothing was given. But uh, we can't. Uh, I suppose we can't uh, uh, hop on about refereeing mistakes or, or decisions. It's, no, uh, it's no, gone. no. You know, I don't want to 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 find solution about the referee's decision. Not at all. But it's a fact. It's a fact. And again, uh, we don't need this kind of situation. It's already difficult for us. So it's not because the club is in trouble that we have to think that it's more easy to give against uh, Charlton than against another team. That I don't want. That's only this. For the rest, of course, the solution is not about the referee. The solution is about what we want to put in place for the next game. You had some disruption in the week, obviously. The, the, the team that beat uh, Rotherham convincingly uh, had to do without um, Igor uh, this week because of another another slight uh, niggle. How how bad was the disruption uh, considering what you wanted to do? Uh, you know, normally when you have a team uh, winning one four and you get this good result, you think that at least you can put the same team on 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 the pitch. But unfortunately, no. <laughs> and so, of course, we I really saw the game of Igor last time and the complimentary with with Simon. And of course, it helps us because he has experience. He is, he is strong. He is powerful, and in this kind of of game, of course, it can help us. And it's not about the quality of Adimola. Everybody knows. But okay, he didn't play a lot the the last games. So we have to find another way. Maybe we can succeed in it. But I think it was much more difficult after conceding a goal that that before. Do we know, uh, or do you know yet, how, how serious Eagle's injury is? Uh, will it keep him out for long, or is it just a, a niggle? No, 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 I think, and I hope so, of course, but we have to, let's say, to examine daily daily assessment, we have to do a daily assessment to, to be sure that we'll be fit for the next game. But I, can, I think it will be, it will be. And, yeah, we, we need, we need everybody fit, I mean, to to find for what we are looking all. Were you tempted uh, at all to, to bring in Sonogo? We, we signed Sonogo and, and uh, Rodfani in the week. Um, were you tempted to bring in Sonogo? I know uh, he's probably not quite match fit, but uh, were you tempted after the Igor injury to maybe put him in? Yeah, you know, I'm just looking um, which solution I have uh, with my squad. And the two new players were, were not completely ready. 
And uh, yes, I hope that again for next next game I will have more solution that that this time. Is it uh, is it good that we got another home game coming up, or or uh, does sometimes the away games give us a little bit more freedom to play because uh, uh, we are quite uh, good hitting teams on the breaks? Would you slightly prefer an away game coming up next? No, it's also about the global sphere, you know. So uh, for me. What I think is that uh, I would like to bring a success at home because club need first for the ranking but for the rest also. So um, now for me it doesn't matter. We play home and I want just to show that we we can do the things at home also and we are stronger enough to to do it with with our quality, with realism to get to get the win. And with the will, I mean, we, we show uh, a very good commitment last time. It's not because you are able to do it one time that you are able to do it all the time. It's not true. It's another team. It's another context. And I know also that, of course, we 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 have a past. It doesn't help. But we can discuss about for hours. It doesn't give me the solution, so I'm just focused on the next game. Well, um, unfortunately, after today, we've uh, we've hit the bottom of the, uh, of the table. Uh, you, uh, your powers of um, uh, resurrection, which were uh, clearly evident the last time you came, we're going to need. Uh, we're clearly going to need again. Uh, so we all, of course, wish you luck and, and hope we can turn. I this think round. it's exactly the same situation. Last time when I arrived, if I remember well, we were bottom of the table and 16 games to play. So. We know you can do it. Yeah, don't need fingers <laughs> crossed. Just need you to work, work your magic. <laughs> that's Thanks what for joining us. That's what I'm going. Thank you. Cousins, lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicelli, and there's a goal. Joe have the lead again, super work, firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson, and instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area, picked out Vettikaili, who buried his chance, and Charlton are 2-1 up. Charlton Live. So there we heard Joe Zariga speaking to Terry after yesterday's... Uh, a defeat to Bristol sitting, well, hopefully it's a good point. The last time he came in, bottom of the table, 16 games left. Let's hope he can do the same sort of miracle. Is that how many games we've got left? Uh, I assume so. I assume that's why he made the point. I haven't bothered counting. How many? 16. How many yeah, games have we got left? Yeah, we play 30 games. Yeah, oh, that's all right then. Well, we'll be fine then. Yeah. <laughs> right, we had uh, plenty, plenty of tweets have, have come in uh, throughout the evening. Uh, Lewis Willis says, I'd stick Bar and Poya in midfield for the next game. Distribution from Cousins mm. and Jackson. Port as usual, backwards and sidewards. Uh, Bar did more in ten minutes than Jackson did in eighty. No, I I, I disagree with it. You know, I was thinking about it. I'd get Poya in, but I would play. Um, who who am I dropping then? Hang on, I'd drop Bergditch, right? But yeah. I'd play JJ Jordan Diego is a free, and then I'd have Mac, Addy, and Joey. So either side, so I'd do like a four three yeah, three. Four three three. Yeah. So that's because I think we we'll get we get overrun in the middle sometimes. So I think we need to have that three in the middle. Um, and then we'll play with a bit more width. That's, I think, our best, because we haven't really got natural width, apart from Zach and maybe Callum. But obviously Callum's not in favour at the moment, I would imagine. But I'd like to see that for the next home game against yeah. Cardiff anyway. Well, send so. your suggestion to uh, Sparrows, Sparrows Lane. I'm sure Josie will, sure will read it. 
Um, I don't know. He didn't listen to me last time. So, um. <laughs> uh, Kevin Kraut says, if we can't compete against Bristol City, we will struggle against anyone better, which is a fair point. Bob Liskin says, any interview with Waggy, no, we didn't speak to him. But he says, good to see him back in a in a black and white scarf. And as I come out... And a big beard. Yeah, yeah as I come out of the, uh, the stadium yesterday, the, the Joe from the black and white campaign came running over and said, look what I did. <laughs> he, had a photo. he managed to get Waggy in a black and white scarf to... Uh, for a photo. Peter Pierce says there were some pretty vicious comments on social media. I thought, uh, think we're up against it. We've got to get behind the team. Uh, Lewis Wheeler carries on. He says, Jackson's in the team based on sentiment alone. Time to call it a day. Let's have some responses. Over to you, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> you disagree with that, Sue, judging by your face. <laughs> I'm trying yes. to think of something constructive to say that doesn't involve a swear word. Um, I mean, you look, look at the goals he scored this season. You can say that. I think it's fair to say that yesterday, no, no one in the midfield had, had any real impact on the game for us. But. I think the, the issue I have is that we've got a very young side. And he, weirdly, at the age of, what, 32, is the, the oldest player in the team at the moment. And we need that. I think he brings a sense of calmness to the sides. I know we haven't seen that, that necessarily the quality from him lately, but I think all the players respect him. All the players look up to him. He is the one that is right until the ninety-fifth minute trying to g the boys up. We need that. None of them. None of the rest of the boys are going to do that. We need him on the pitch. Uh, Peter Pierce says uh, you're spot on about Simon Francis who always liked him he came good to in the end uh, Hey Ho Rothko says we've got a fine history of going after our own players be it Kim Grant Kevin Lisby or Carl Lieburn uh, he says I remember the whole covered in showing off 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 at Kim Grant after he missed a sitter now that's bad Skittle I used to call him Skittle why did they call him Skittle because he used to fall over so much oh. Yeah, that's what Lee Tomlin's new nickname will be then. Amy says, it isn't rocket science. No, from my line of work, that if someone is struggling, the only way they'll succeed is by building their confidence. I did think Fox messed up a, a lot yesterday, but cheering when he went off wasn't necessary. And after I saw him, I was waiting around in the tunnel to do my interview with Jose yesterday, and I saw Morgan come out, and he looked dejected when he came he out just, of that changing room. He looked devastated. I've never seen him look so down. Like he's quite a positive lad. He's he's quite upbeat. He's a lovely, down to earth boy. But he looked like it had really affected him yesterday um, when he left. And normally we'll have a little chat after the game, and he was just like he didn't. He was just said bye, and that was it. He yeah. just couldn't speak to anybody. Um, and for me, that's a worry. So I I was chatting to someone on Twitter today, and we said actually maybe he needs a little break not because he's not good enough but because he's, he's in, mentally well yeah. mentally he needs to recover from this Wait, where, where is Tariq Holmes Dennis is there any he's around on, he was on, at his, the on an injury or anything no though? no yeah. I think it's just I think again but again this argument is he's younger than Morgan hmm. the, the the situation we're in at the moment I think personally is not not one to be putting young in, inexperienced players into because effectively you could absolutely ruin them. We have. Some well, we have with, with, yeah. So, Carlin yeah. is one. And Joe, I f- Joe yeah. yeah. I mean, like we've, we've said that week after week, some of these younger players historically would have gone out on loan but because of the lack of strength in our squad at the moment, we, they've not been able to, so they've been chucked into something that they're probably not ready for. 
And that's not a criticism of any of them. It's just that normally they would have given that opportunity in League Two to really find their feet, like strengthen up a bit mentally and physically. But now they're being expected to compete in probably what is the toughest league, football league in in England. Even someone like Lookman yesterday, he might go on to be world class and we've seen he can compete at this level. But yesterday's type of game against those centre-backs wasn't the game for him. You can't rely on an 18-year-old to dig you out of it. I'm sorry, he's amazing. Exactly. But you cannot rely on an 18-year-old boy. No. Because that's what he is, he's a boy. that's what he had to do. Because we have no can't. Else. No. Uh, the com. Uh, I, tweet, I tweeted out saying, does, um, uh, is the atmosphere at the Valley toxic? And uh, com. the forum, replied, uh, saying, of all the thousand and one things not right with our club, the atmosphere the fans generate really isn't one of them. Uh, so, I mean, we've been discussing how certain things that perhaps come out of the crowd haven't helped. I mean, we, we have paid a lot of attention, I think, to that tonight, probably more than it deserves, because obviously things that happen around the club and on the pitch are going to affect it. What, what happens in the stands as well and perhaps we've paid too much attention to that but I, it's, it's I think the reason why we probably paid so much attention to it is it's all I keep seeing on Twitter back the team back the team back the team the minute they do something wrong they're getting booed hmm. if you're back in the team you get behind them if you've got nothing nice to say don't say nothing at all yeah thank you thank you uh, but, 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 uh, Chris Jones says you've got it totally spot on tonight Bo- booing and jeering your own players is not going to improve matters on the pitch uh, Ian Tim says a chef, a chef was changed at a restaurant once the food was bad from the first chef so we boo him out <laughs> I think that might be a slight uh, hint towards what Katrine might have said about, about <laughs> restaurants once uh, Bert Palmer I can remember Gritty always getting stickers as a young player there's always been idiots that bully players verbally at the valley Steve Gates says booing your own players is wrong silence says it all when a player leaves the pitch Right, Chris asks, is Jackson the only natural leader we have on the pitch? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Hendo might be up there as well. Um, but <coughs> I think, actually, yeah, it's going to be harder to Jacko, do from Ingola, really. Yeah. I think the thing is with Hendo is potentially over recent weeks where he might be a little bit more fragile. I'm not saying that because he would still be in goal for me all day long. I think mm. he's fantastic. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. But he's he needs to concentrate on his job without having to worry yeah. about what everyone else is doing. I know it's a team game and stuff, but I've just noticed I'm talking a lot. <laughs> um, and if Alu was playing, I think Diara Diara would be. So when he's fit, he would be. But I think actually, yeah, because we all saw what a difference it made to Solly's game when he was made captain. I think his game suffered. Yeah. 
um, from being having that role, and he's not a shouter, he's not no. a ranter, he's not someone that's going to be like, come on, boys. So, yeah, yeah, he is. Coming back to the, the fullback discussion we were having earlier with, with Morgan Fox, Kevin Crowd said if the fullback doesn't have a good winger in front of him, it makes it harder, lack of movement in front of them. And Brian Haynes says that Kevin's made the point I wanted to. Fox has often been badly served by those in front of him. And he obviously had Bergditch on that left-hand side in front of him yesterday. And, you know, we talked about the, the goal away at Rotherham, yeah. perhaps, where we felt that obviously Morgan had to cut inside to, to cover Harry Lennon, who'd gone walkies. And Bergditch didn't get back to cover that left-back position. So you can see perhaps where maybe he's being let, let down a bit by his, his, and maybe a more... Well, Bergditch is supposedly a left-back as well, mm. but maybe a, a left-winger who's currently playing more attack-minded. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, the Rotherham goal, yeah, I thought it was Zach's um, fault because Mox had to tuck in. Um, but as long, you don't even need to have a defensive-minded player like uh, Bergditch because if you look back at Bulo or Bulot when he was here... As the season went on, I thought he was amazing with with um, with Morgan at left left mid because you know he was tracking back and he obviously them two was doing really well going forward. So Harriet do it in the past as yeah. well. Even though Harriet's quite attacking, he knows how to get back and cover. Yeah, so I mean that, that's you don't really need a defensive minded player to help him out. You just need someone, you know, you yeah. just need someone just to yeah know the game really. Yeah, uh, Kevin Kraus says young inexperienced players is all we have. Ahan Grant was third fourth. Choice striker at the start of the season, now on loan to, to Cambridge. And Ian Timms, uh, who's sort of talking about the same thing, who's, who's to blame for that? Sorry, but the recruitment has been awful. And it's, that's true. I mean, that is what the crutch of it comes down to. I don't, we wouldn't be talking about this issue where we, we have players who are being put under the pressure by the, uh, by the crowd, or we wouldn't be talking about any of these issues if the team were playing well. And obviously we know fully well who's in charge of that sort of thing. And that's the re- that's the reason that's probably that is the reason why we're stuck having these conversations. And that's also the reason why you're seeing protests from card. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we try, I try and to to say to people I sit around and um, obviously people I speak to on Twitter, and that is because we've got such a young team, you're going to have to ex- expect inconsistency because they're still learning. You know, mm. they're still what nineteen, twenty, twenty one. I mean, what was I doing at nineteen, twenty, twenty one? I weren't. <laughs> Planning your flash protest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wearing all sorts. No, right? he was doing his flash protest. Yeah. <laughs> but I weren't playing in front of thousands of people. I know, yeah, they get paid and you know, blah blah blah. But um, we still got to have some sort of yeah, be sensible about it, and you know, not expect the whole world it's, from them at the age of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of a weird case now where we're we're, we're at the moment we're, we're sort of stuck with the cards we've been dealt in terms yeah. of we've got this young squad, and as Charlton fans, we all want to stay up. I mean, we we don't like the dealer at the moment. You know, we're not happy with who's been dealing the cars and the rubbish cars they've been giving us, but we're sort of stuck. Well, we need to play these cars to try and stay up, and that's mm-hmm. why we're in such a weird uh, position. Right, thanks for all your tweets and your emails. Keep them coming in the studio at chartonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at chartonlive. We want to know what you guys made of yesterday's game, of the, the crowd situation at the Valley here, the, you know, the Morgan Fox situation, the performance itself. Uh, we'll talk about the card protest in a few moments. I've got hundreds of emails to talk, get through as well. Quick break, and we'll be back in 30 seconds. Think about a shot. No, he tees up Lookman into the penalty area, and there's number four, Adam Ola Lookman, back in the team, back on the pitch, and back on the score sheet. Charlton Live. 
back and listening to Charlton Live here, live from the Valley on this Sunday evening. We're discussing yesterday's 1-0 defeat at the hands of Bristol City. We've got hundreds of emails to, to jump into. But just to remind you that um, I don't think we've had too many in here. We've had a couple, but we, we want to think of uh, protest ideas that aren't the sort of thing that Card will come up with, slightly more funnier ones. Like, similar, we saw a guy walking around dressed as a donkey yesterday. So not the sort of like professional ones that Card do. We want to think of funny ones like Nathan dressing up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's uh, let's let's um, let's get on to the emails. Uh, See, so you got the first email for us. Yeah. Uh, this first one's from Chris Davern. Um We have had lows this season, but for me, this was the lowest. A must-win game against a relegation rival, and we play like that. Absolutely bloody disgusted. Every single one of those masquerading in a CAF seat sh- shirt today were an embarrassment to our club, and I include Jackson and Solly in that statement. We rolled over and died. Was it a penalty? Wasn't it? Who cares? We deserve nothing from today's game. At least the Jose Riga is a god nonsense. We'll go away. Best of a bad bunch, as good as we we will get. What does that mean? Except, except a useless no-hoper because he's better than the last three. It makes my blood boil. Spineless losers, way worse than losing six nil at Hull today was as low as I've been. Good luck to Bristol City. High point was to see someone with a passion for Charlton on the pitch, but he was in a Bristol City shirt. Scotty mm. Wagstaff. Yeah, I, I heard that, that Waggy got quite. A, he gave quite a good reception to the crowd as he was coming off. I have to admit, I didn't see it. I was yeah. busy, but yeah, he yeah. was. He, well, you wouldn't expect any different from the fans towards Scotty and and the other mm. way round. Um, and, and having a chat with him after the game, it was really nice to catch yeah. up with him. And so, well, yeah, when, when Waggy was here, he always gave 100%. And yeah. All, and and he, yeah, he, he scored a lot of goals as well, mm. actually. But um, I always said I didn't, I didn't rate him. It's putting that out there. I never rated Scott Wagstaff as highly as, as some people did. Yeah. Uh, right, Robin Lisbon <laughs> says, uh, love the Rod podcast, guys. Yeah, that's it. our podcast from... Um, Last Thursday, if you haven't heard it, when we introduced Rod Fanny, um, make sure you have a, have a listen to that. That was a, that was a, that was a fun one, wasn't it? Love him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you met him yesterday, didn't you? What's he yeah. like to you? He's so cute. Speak. Not in that way. No, he's just one of them. You want to grab his cheeks and go, oh, bless. Uh, but that's just me as a woman. Yeah. That's really inappropriate. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Lisbon's uh, so continue says that. Fire display was uh, so devoid of any ideas. We looked static, tired, and there was no running off the ball and closing down wasn't good enough. He looked, It looked like a load of huff and puff. Penalty or not, City was sharper and deserved it. Frankly, there's a time fast approaching when it won't be to support the team because it's going to be all over soon. I don't mean giving up, Charlton fans don't, but this regime's incompetent decisions have caused the collapse of our club. Look at the stadium, it's empty and fast, it's so sad. What makes fans more angry than the total incompetence is Mary's arrogance, her lofty attitude and uncaring stance. When that time comes, Mayor, who now hides like a coward at the back of the director's box, like Roland, will depart, it's just a case of when. I'm looking forward to a time when it comes and we can talk about the football, get the Charlton spirit and the character back, and most importantly, feel like a family again. Strong words there from from Robin. Right, I've got uh, got one from Phil Leslie. Uh, evening all. Defeat to a fellow struggler's Bristol City in front of their new manager, Lee Johnson, son of Gary Johnson, who recently swapped Oakwell for Ashton Gate. Left us bottom of the championship. Three points adrift of MK Dons and Safdie. What's that? Safety. Safety sorry. <laughs> this cements the reality we're of so the task ahead. Really yeah. <laughs> if we're going to pull this off, we need to use... 
uh, get used to setbacks such as this. It could have been more comfortable for the visitors, as but for Stephen Henderson, who perhaps should have kept out Tomlin's spot kick, made fine saves from two Luke Freeman efforts. Our clearest chance fell to Zachariah Burkditch, but he shot tamely at keeper Richard O'Donnell. Being realistic, it's certainly not beyond us yet. I'm thinking if we're in the Championship next season, we will finish have to finish this campaign outside the bottom three by a point or two, maybe even by a goal difference. The win at the New York Stadium last weekend might have left some with the impression that we had turned a corner, so a sense of optimism appeared at yesterday's game, which was very quickly replaced with the usual deep and intense exasperation. On to Saturday's game against Cardiff. Let's go again. It's not over until it's over, Phil. Yeah, cheers for that, Phil. And also thanks for the... um Signed shirt. He's uh, he sorted out. He's, he moved house and he, he sorted out. Our, he said he's got a signed shirt for me, and uh, yeah, he left it behind the reception. I want to pick it up. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and so we are at some point we're going to go and try and give that sh- uh, shirt away on the show. Uh, we haven't decided how we're going to do it just yet. Right, Adrian Simpson emails in and says, "What a flat game in terms of atmosphere and performance? Are the team going to claim that it was down to our own lack of support? Struggle to believe." that this was the same team that won convincingly at Rotherham. My six-year-old son Riley is over halfway through his first season as a new season ticket holder, and due to the matches we've been to, he still hasn't seen a win, but clearly loves the team. It's also a shame for Louis not knowing where Larkfield is. <laughs> yeah, this was on Thursday as well. <laughs> That's true. I didn't know where it is. It's where I grew up and still has a massive Charlton uh, following, hence why it's the first stop on the Valley Express. Come on down one day, I'll treat you to a kebab from the one and only Larkfield Kebab and Pizza Place. Wow. <laughs> Adrian, that's... that's uh, a, it says, uh, yeah. Adrian, formerly of Larkfield, now in Chatham, brackets. Have you heard of Chatham? But <laughs> 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 if, if there's a kebab on the line, I will find out where Larkfield is and I will come down and meet you, Adrian. Thanks for your... Uh, you had him at kebab. Yeah, thanks for your... Um, <laughs> Thanks for your, uh, uh, for your email, and I hope that Riley gets to see a, a win soon. You on, on to the next one, Sue? Yep. Uh, Bob Lipscomb, evening all. I'm not against the protest, but I think the booing and jeering of players isn't right. Foxy is one of our own, made in Charlton, and although he hasn't had the best of times since signing a new contract, it must unnerve him every time we have a home game. Actually, I would wonder if a protest-free game against Cardiff would be a benefit to the players who need to hear our support and no negativity. Protest after, by all means. That's from Bob. Yeah, uh, on the Charlton Life Forum, where you can comment on the thread and, and we'll read out on the show as well. I am Dan says, The treatment of Morgan Fox was disgraceful. We didn't have a particularly great game, but the cheers were embarrassing. Fans did the exact same thing to Harriet. Then we were desperate for him back. Fickle. Uh, and one Stevie G says, Bar was booed on for uh, FFS. So, yeah, the, uh, it's like we say, we, we, we have, I guess, focused on that a fair bit today. Um, because it, it is something that's frustrating, but uh, there are causes to all these sort of thing, and it's uh, interesting to say, isn't it? Uh, right, Sparky on Twitter says, I, I wish the fans could show the same noise and passion inside the ground as outside in the West Stand car park. Right, next email is from Martin Williamson. He says, uh, uh, Riga's brief honeymoon ended yesterday. Had Fry still be in charge and we performed like that and used those tactics, then the crowd would have hounded him out of the ground and into his laundry basket. Uh, I've accepted he inherited a mess and that we were bottom largely down to the abysmal interim manager experiment, but he seemed to lack imagination yesterday and the team looked flat, which is amazing given how big the game was uh, and with it coming off the back of the 4-1 win at Rotherham. Makes you wonder if there's still unrest behind the scenes. If so, it seems terminal. Can't see us getting out of this now unless something remarkable happens. We need eight wins for 16 and we've gained seven points out of the last 30. That's, uh, that's a, a fair point, isn't it? I mean... <clears throat> Oh, you always hear this when, when, when teams sort of try and set targets for how many how many games you need to win to, to get to a certain amount of points. I remember like hearing 
someone was talking about an Aston Villa situation the other day. So realistically, they need to win another certain amount of games in this amount of games, and they've won like once or twice all season. And you sit there thinking, well, oh, they're never going to do it. And if you if you were to say that sort of thing for us, you're probably looking at. Like you said, they probably need another three or four wins to be anywhere near where we need to be in, in these 16 games. And mm. the games are going to run out quickly, aren't they? Especially if we perform like yesterday. I know um, from back in the day, um, one of the things that Curbs used to do was always set a points target um, for the season so that and then they would regularly review it. So if we were doing better than we, we thought we were going to, then he would sort of review it. So it was, it, he, he sort of saw it as something for the players to constantly aim for. Whereas I think, I don't know whether and mentally it help, it's helpful or not, but if you're just like, oh, let's just stay up, mm. it, it's a, it's quite vague, isn't it? Yeah, you want to win every game, but... Mm, I mean, at the beginning of the season, Kerb used to say it was the 40-point mark at the beginning of the season, didn't he? So you'd, and that was usually give you make you comfortable in the, in the Premiership. So, I mean, in the predicament we're in now, I've, I wouldn't possibly say, like, oh, you've got, we've got to win four games out of whatever. I would just literally say, just win the next one and just yeah. keep doing it. Cause I think if Game you start, at a time. Because if you start put, putting, you know, putting more pressure on yourself now, it's not really going to help you. So I'd just say, do, you know, go on to Saturday, win that. If you don't, do it Tuesday or whenever it is, and then take it from there so interesting uh, apparently Claudio Ranieri set uh, Leicester a 40 points target this season they they reached that by they reached that by about the third game and they said alright okay he said alright I'll, I'll up it to 70 then so he almost doubled it in, in one the fell swoop right uh, next your, yeah. your next email yeah, um, yeah got right, Sunshine Valley Alan um, I've just scrolled down to see what your oh. name is Alan so, um, okay so the performance was poor and the referee was appalling but support the team not the regime you're having a laugh as we spiral towards Division 1 by pressing the self-destruct button, do we really think continually abusing some of our players and only piping up occasionally with protest songs during the game is supporting the team? We certainly plumbed new depths yesterday and even the stage-managed protest went down like a lead balloon as it coincided with the award of Bristol City's penalty. You couldn't make it up, although perhaps more column inches for the rant of the valley. <clears throat> By all means, protest before and after the game with your freebie black and white scarves. I have no problem with that, but for God's sake, try and get behind the team. Otherwise, we'll end up in Division 1 with a consequent financial ramifications of no new investment, no fans, and no players want to play for a toxic club like Charlton. If you don't want to support the team during the game, then stay away like our former Premiership glory boys and those that did not bother to go to Sellers or Upton Park. Let's all try and get behind the lads against Cardiff next Saturday and perhaps radically see a proliferation of red and white scarves. Yeah, so Alan's obviously feeling that the, the, the protests are, are affecting the players. I mean, I think, don't, don't forget, the, the one thing I will say is don't forget, I think when the... The first sort of black and white thing started, uh, the black and white scarves, I think, started turning up at the Sheffield Wednesday game. They had the big protest before the game, and we won that game comfortably. I don't think, I don't think you can say that the, the protests affect the players. I mean, you also mentioned I mean, that the timing of yesterday's protest was just dreadfully unlucky. And so like, the, the flags all went up at 19 minutes and 5 seconds. The penalty was given at 19 minutes and 10 seconds. Like, it was literally straight away. But, I mean, it's a coincidence. You can't say that Chris, like, the jo- Johan was the reason he fouled him. It's because, oh, what's that, what's that banner saying? He just pushed him out of the way. I mean, it's a coincidence. For me, I don't think that the protests affect the fans when, they, when they're done in the way that they're, they're planned to do. But I do, I, I do think, like, as we have mentioned, that sometimes the, the jeering and whatnot can affect a player when, when he's struggling for confidence. 
Uh, right, back to the emails. Uh, Keith says, Hi, chaps. My son and I thought something was wrong from the start yesterday. You could see it in our boys' body language. They weren't up for the game. A game that was massive had something gone wrong in the dressing room again. Uh, interesting point. I mean, like, like I say, I, I just, the start yesterday for me was just so laboured and so slow, and I don't know if it was nerves, if, you know, like they say, they played so well away from home, and maybe it does come back to they, they don't like playing at the Valley. Who knows? Mm. There was definitely something not right from the start. Yeah. You could just sense it. And as soon as, soon as we went a goal behind, I mean, we, we, we had that fl- flurry of sort of half chances early in the second half, but it was never going to be enough, was it? No, that's what I was saying as well. It had that feel of a, of a fry performance where once we went a goal down, I just didn't ever really see us getting back into it, which yeah. um, I haven't seen recently. Obviously, we managed to do it against Forest, and obviously we went a goal up against Blackburn and they got one back, but we didn't manage to hold on. But yesterday, there just wasn't that feel that we were ever going to get something from the game once we were a goal down. Yeah. Uh, next email from Nicola Selby. Um, hey guys, went to the game yesterday. Have to say it was woeful and boring. No penetration passing the ball sideways and backwards and looking at it, the table doesn't lie. You've got Bolton who have won a few games. They've got no players have been forced to sell their best players and can't even play their, pay their staff. And now they've gone above us. Shit, we have got a billionaire owner and look at the state of us. When you decide you're going to buy a club and decide you're going to run it on one of the lowest budgets in the league, it is obvious you're going to go down. I think the fans now who it sounds like are starting to get the blame for poor performances on the pitch have just about had enough. God knows when this nightmare will end. Nicola from Ainswood. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the problem we've got, I think, in terms of spending the money is is the financial fair play stuff. Is we are only allowed to spend a certain amount of money. Yeah, I know. I know, but there's, um, there's plenty Bolton, of clubs who've got away with it. But yeah, but a team like Bolton, although they're in in bother at the moment, they actually, I think, had more money to spend mm. because they were getting more money in through through sales and stuff. Um, and not only that, I think sometimes when you are in that situation, look at us, like back back in the day we had nothing. And it almost gave us that special fighting spirit that actually when you have got nothing, mm. you've but got nothing to lose. We're in, a, we're in a situation now where we, we've got an owner who hasn't got nothing. Uh, where, I mean, I, I mean, Katrine mentioned, I think, I think it was during the fans' room, she mentioned we don't, we don't want to become the next Bolton. So, well, don't spend £400 billion pounds then. Just spend a little bit... Either spend a little bit more or spend it a bit more wisely. I mean, it's not yeah. there. The, yeah. There is a happy medium where we're spending not much. You know, they, they talk about the, they keep talking about the nine million spent on players. A, if you spent nine million on players, you should be getting better players than what you've got. Mm. B, don't forget the amount of money that's come <clears> in. I mean, you look at Joe, Joe Gomez went for minimum three point five. The club have told many people it was more than that. You know, we were due, we were due to sell we, the, the amount of money we've we've sold players for. It, we, the actual total adding up it, it won't be 9 million that we, it's not like we've, we've spunked 9 million players and not bought any in the, mm. the, the actual net of gross whatever it is would be, um, would be a lot closer to it would be a lot closer to zero so yeah I mean I don't think anyone's asking for Roland to go out and buy a striker for 20 million uh, going to get 30 goals a season I think we just want with the we amount of money fit. yeah with the, with the amount of money that you know he can spend it's just to build a competitive squad so we're not relying on the kids to sort of get us out of this trouble that we're in which we're actually doing at the moment so I mean and that's what I think most people want is not we're not asking to be the derby and gamble the whole of all of our money and just go gung-ho but just to try and, and just have a better recruitment policy really hmm. uh, Ian Tim says sorry but the money we spend now has uh uh, have now wasted on players now who 
we have no no had to let go or sell on just to date. Well, I've no idea what you're saying there. <laughs> and, uh, Brian Cole says he's really looking forward to our European second leg next Saturday. Alice Rouge. I think it's all about our game against the. Uh, the, the Welsh the Welsh side Cardiff we're obviously two one down on aggregate in that one unfortunately um, next email from Mark Newbury hi Mark uh, evening folks as probably the closest listener you'll have to the incident North Lower behind the goal we f- Johan <laughs> we <laughs> fought no pen but basically the ref gave the soft one and ignored the definite one about ten minutes later maybe balancing it up but yesterday we could have put assigning mid, midfield saying men at work because all, that's all we have, workmen. Jacko and Jordan are both committed tacklers and 100% Charlton but not particularly inventive and we are missing a footballing brain in the middle. Bayern's last year could have at least p- pick a pass but with no depth on the bench yesterday we were stuck and wait until the subs come on. was odd keeping Jacko on for 85 minutes before changing him was strange. Get fresh legs for at least 20 minutes, but by then we were chasing the ball too much. Felt sorry for Fox, didn't have the best of games, but I was defending him to a couple of fans after who called him the worst player we have. I said not by a long shot, as long as Traore once played for us. <laughs> Personally, would have started with Reza alongside Big Mac and unleashed Lookman later to run at timing legs so tactically wrong. Can we get out of this? Yes. Will we get out of this? Ask me in May, but gut saying no. Hoping I'm proved wrong, Mark. Yeah, right, let's have a 30 seconds break. We'll come back for a few more emails. He's gone for it, you know. Oh, what a goal! Oh, what a goal by Armakatsi! Oh, that's almost at the halfway line. Unbelievable strike. That is outrageous. Right-footed. Well, saw Armak off his line. What a goal! Lie. Right, Ian Timms has uh, sort of uh, tightened up what he was trying to say. He said, sorry, but the money we have wasted on players who we have had to let go or sell on must be well in the millions. So that's, oh yeah, certainly. I'm certain it is. Uh, right, uh, let's get back onto the, uh, onto the emails. Uh, I, I should have been prepared for this. Right, Mark Brooks says, uh, sadly, Jacko is not cutting the mustard at the moment. We need Poye with Cousins again. Um, where is Poye? I mean, Jose, t- Jose doesn't rate him, does he? Clearly not. Mm. I think the thing is, the difficulty is, and we've said it over the years, I know Dee's one of ours, but when you look back historically uh, over lone players is how committed are they to the calls. And I wouldn't question that with Diego at all, but maybe Jose seeing something in him that, that he's not up for that fight. Mm. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Uh, right, on Twitter, Stephen, uh, sorry, Anthony says, uh, it's not all about spending money, it's about having good coaching set up, including scouting network. And that's what I meant when I sort of said, you need to spend the money more wisely. I mean, yeah. you look at the, the Chris Powell squad that he put together in League One. We didn't, we didn't. I don't. We didn't have a, the smallest budget in League One by any stretch. But you, you had to spend it wisely. I don't think he, he spent money on too many of those players, and he did very well. So that's the sort of nous we need, and that's the sort of nous that we gave up when we got rid of Chris Powell. And that's the, the danger. You know, Chris Powell, someone who knows the English game very well, and knows a lot of players, and knows the sort of player. Obviously, with our coaching network, we've given that up now. Mm. We seem to get rid of. Well, we can't really. Um... 
Oh, we get rid of our managers every few months anyway, so you don't have that level of consistency anyway. So you can build a squad that they want and mm-hmm. then continue that and then have a couple of windows because at the moment it just seems you get a manager in, he has one window, and if it doesn't work straight away, you sack him. So then the next manager comes in and he's got a load of players that he might not like. like obviously, yeah. he's happened with Jose. That's what I said on Thursday yeah. as well. We've never really had a manager who's then been able to play his players. He's mm-hmm. always playing the players that the last manager brought in. Uh, Marion says, I don't think that the protests are affecting performances. The squad needs team building and confidence. We, can, we can't we uh, can do that. Uh, well, I think confidence-wise, we can sort of help, but mm. yeah, not exactly. Uh, Chris says, do you expect Charlton to go for it in the loan window? Do you think the recent signings are it for this year? There was um, the interview that Jose did with the club on Thursday, which we had on, on <coughs> Thursday's Big Match Preview. Um, he was talking about striker. I, I think he was hinting that he was still like another striker. And in the loan window, I don't know when it opens. I think it's soonish. A couple of weeks, mm. I think. Mm. So I, I, w- I would be surprised if we didn't go in and try and get at least at least one more uh, striker. Right. We had an email that came in quite late last week uh, from from Nathan Pryor, and he's managed to come in a bit earlier this week. So if anyone wants to uh, uh, respond uh, respond to anyone, feel free to, for, to do so. Nathan Pryor says these whole protests have turned most of the fan base into idiots. <clears throat> this stand up, if you want them out, should be eradicated. <laughs> you pay for a seat, so sit in it the whole game. Someone in front of me decided to keep standing up during the penalty. When I asked him to sit down so I can see, he gave the ra- rather rude response of stand up yourself. Why should us proper fans have to cater to these uh, idiots? Well, I think it sounds like there's a two separate is- incidents that are kind of trying to marry up there. Because obviously, when it's a penalty, you tend to get people standing up anyway. It's, 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 it's a shame that someone's been rude to you. But uh, I think people are going to... Uh, have their right to, to protest in any way that they see fit and stand up if you want them out is one of the easiest and most visual protests to get involved in uh, and uh, to call the uh, most of the fan base idiots uh, well Nathan Pryor that's, that's up to you do you include yourself in that? <laughs> um, I've got an email from Nigel Pamant. Um hello guys there were at least two occasions in the first half where Morgan Fox got us out of trouble created by other players how many players has he had to play with beside him and in front of him let alone how many managers I like Morgan Fox and it's basically tragic that he's so exposed and as a consequence scapegoated by the crowd it might be easy to say the only dynamic is between the support and the players, but that isn't the story at all. The entire circumstances created by this regime is what has led to such distress, both from the support and as a result from Morgan Fox, who has been victimised as a result of club incompetence, not as a result of a single player being somehow betrayed by his support. It's almost surreal to talk about the players and the football in isolation to the bigger picture. Dear Morgan Fox is almost collateral damage, which is tragic. A friendly fire casualty, a blue-on-blue victim. The support are not at fault, and now we have reached this impasse. The players are hardly at fault either. The reason everything is so bad is clearly the responsibility of the regime, and that is that. If the crowd withdraws support from the team, then maybe the regime should deal with it, rather than somehow criticising the support for not giving blind devotion I'm getting sick and tired of it all and I hope we step up the protest even if this means the teams are the team are affected because we simply have no other outlet Nigel from Lee interesting yeah, I mean, we, we, the thing about the, the support and the protest is it keeps coming up because I guess that seems to have been the, the main um, uh, talk the main subject for this evening show and don't forget um, the other thing we want to talk about I've got a couple that have come in so far so we'll talk about that in a little while, but basically, uh, alternative protest ideas. So basically, come on, Nathan, come on, you've, you've hinted at it. What is your alternative protest idea? It's got the, we want funny keep ones. It, well, you can't keep it clean, mm. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I'm not going to live this down. So if we all dressed up in sort of um, uh, what's the word? Like gimp, 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 gimp outfits. <laughs> but then have like a Jaeger belt, so you'd be called the Jaeger gimp. <laughs> and what's the relation with that to John? No, nothing. Because he loves a Jaeger. I love, I love, I love dressing. And he loves dressing up as a gimp. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, you're not. Are you? No, yeah. We can put, we can, I don't know, we could put some sort of face masks and stuff of certain people. Gimps. I don't know. Yeah. Have, have, you been, have you been just waiting for years and years and years for an excuse to finally come out as, as this is what you're doing the in your spare time? Yeah. Yeah. The Charlton Gimp. That's finally, our new mascot. You finally, wanted to, able to, you finally <laughs> wanted to be able to dress up in, in this in public and you finally thought of a way to do it. So, so if you can think of any slightly better ideas than Nathan's one uh, for, a, for a flash a flash protest. No flashing process, please. Uh, then let us know. Uh, Michael tweet, uh, emails in and says, Evening, we should start the Cardiff game with chance, like support the team and carry on with the chance to do that. Valley, Floyd Road, etc. And of course, it probably might be a fair, fair enough to say it's significant that it's the Cardiff on Saturday. We're in a situation now because we remember three seasons ago against Cardiff where we're in this position where we were 2 or down as well and struggling, struggling, struggling. And the atmosphere at the Valley was just like something you've never heard before. It's mm. just so supportive. And maybe it's a coincidence that we're playing Cardiff there, but we're in the same situation. And obviously, whereas the protest will continue, and I'm sure Cardiff got something planned for after the, the game, apparently a, a protest with a twist, they're, they're saying. Yeah. Mm. Um, during the game, it would be so good if we could just get 90 minutes of, of positive positiveness just to try and help the team if possible. I, I mean, I can't. I, even trying to think now, I can't think of another game where that atmosphere has been... Like that Cardiff Not like that. game, Not like, that. Um, like being 2-0 down and just the just the fans were just immense. Like it just made me so proud, and I think that did make the difference. That made all the difference to the players, and I think we need to do that Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting point here from Daniel Allison actually, because um, uh, Marion says that she uh, Marion said that she doesn't think that the protests are affecting performances, which I, I think I agree with. I think that there's a se- separation between the protests and sort of toxic shouting and whatnot at, at players. Um, but um, uh, And Daniel Allison makes a good point that scores at away fixtures have been worse and you don't get the protests at away fixtures and they, they on the whole, have been worse. You know, the 6-0 and the 5-0 came from a 4-0 at Burnley. All these bad results, they've come away from home. So you, can't, you can sort of say, well, look, that's, there's no protest there. So you can't really say mm. that the protests are affecting the players. Mm. Yes, good point, that. That is, yeah. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break because I'm about to have a <coughs> coughing fit. Then we'll be back to uh, discuss funny protest ideas. Jumping live, I've got my coughing out of the. Uh, are you guys all right? Yeah, we're yeah. just talking about inappropriate things. But, well, f- feel free to share. Is it the gimp idea again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's obsessed. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, Sir Darcy Sato tweets me saying, "If we leave the EU, would that make it more awkward for Belgians to own us?" I mean, that that'd be that is one one way we could try. I guess we'll vote to get out. Of the Don't EU. know. It would work with people being allowed to work yeah. in. Uh, 
the UK yeah, as an EU citizen. Sort of permit and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but that would affect every team, wouldn't yeah, it? I remember Karen. I'm sure it was Karen Brady came out and said that mm. that would that wouldn't help. Um, uh, yeah, but it worked with players as well. Yeah, you know, they have to get their so. work permits. But. Right, uh, right. I wanted to know your, your funny protest ideas are. Um, obviously, we've heard Nathan's one, and we never want to hear from that again. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. So, so I mean, I, I, I was struggling to think of ideas on the bus. I just can't. No buying Belgian beers on a night out, for example. No more Stella. Stella, Steve, if you're listening on Charlton Away Games. <laughs> uh, uh, Bert Palmer says, let's all wear high-vis to bars and dress up as stewards and, an- and announce Pitch Invasion <laughs> as a flash demo at 12 o'clock. <laughs> That's quite, That's quite a good one. I remember, I remember a few like years and years ago when a game in the Premier League, like, and just looking over to um, uh, the East End, there was just some one person who just turned up in his high vis jacket from work, and I was like, oh, does he is he pretending to be a steward? <laughs> just, just, just so he can get on TV or something." Yeah. That's a, that's a potential idea there. Uh, Philip Mark says he was at Waterloo today. He saw the chocolate raisins had Belgian chocolate. They didn't go straight into my basket. <laughs> I noticed you say they didn't go straight into his basket. <laughs> Knowing Phil, he, they, about he probably, he probably bought them eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know Phil. He yeah. would have bought them. Um, yeah, we've had an email from Mark Newbury about a funny protest. If you want a funny protest, maybe printing off Roland masks and catchy M wigs and have them handed out so all the crowd wear them. It might be the only time we get to see our owner at the ballet. <laughs> that's, a, good point. that's a good point actually yeah uh so darcy sato comes back he says could we lobby the met office to call storm k katrine and storm r roland because obviously they name the storms alphabetically and they, they, they'll be coming up at one point that could be a good good bit of a uh, protest it could be a good a good, uh, good bit of public of a uh, you know uh, publications for it couldn't it mm. yeah uh right we're got about five minutes left i guess really we need to start looking ahead to uh to the Cardiff game and, and said we need to get behind the team during the whole game and hold the protest for after I'm 100% for protest but we need to be uh, clever so it's, it's, it's ideal on protest and we, we all know fully well now that the, the the situation where we can accept draws and defeats at home is very rapidly going away now and I mean we're going to start saying it every week but we have to win yeah I think it's it's not going away I think it's gone we said on Thursday that we had we were looking and saying you know six points really was there for the taking over the last two games. Four points minimum. We only got three. You know, Rotherham was, was obviously good, but Bristol City was not good enough. And uh, yeah, every game, unfortunately, is now becoming must-win. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if we've got enough in it, but... You just, you just don't know how quickly they could turn around that sort of form from, from yesterday and into yeah. next week. And another home game, like as we discussed, it's quite, it, it can be difficult for the players to play at the Valley. I mean, do, you, do you think we'll see that any of the new signings? Uh, possibly, possibly. Like I say, I think Lookman really struggled, but then it's a different game, isn't it? We've got to look at the opposition. We've got to see what what their defenders are like about whether we're going to introduce Sonogo. Um, at the back, we obviously <laughs> the defenders will have to be invisible. <laughs> <laughs> we talked um, again. I think this was on Thursday about Harry Lennon and yeah. how he's had a couple of mistakes have crept in, and we don't really want to get on his back because he's very young, and I think he's going to grow into a good defender, but. He's another one that we're just relying on so much and he's so young. Maybe we could just take him out of the firing line as well. And who would you bring in? <sighs> just, uh, Maddie's still injured, isn't he? Nabi Saar, is he around? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we've got the, the new signing during the weekend. Oh, play yeah, right back or one. Yeah. yeah, Rod Fanny. Rod! <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. Right, I'm, I'm deleting that from the system now. I how long I could hold out without <laughs> yeah. saying it. I'm, not, I'm deleting that from the system now. We're not going to We're not gonna. We had a little uh, sweepstake <laughs> on who was going to say Fanny first. <laughs> yeah, you've already said you met him, didn't you? 
Uh, right, uh, <laughs> uh, Baz Johnster on the Chat Online forum says, if a player is, uh, Johan is going to put his hand up and gently shove a player in the back, he's making the ref's decision for him. Obvious why a penalty was given, and he was lucky not to get a red card in all honesty. Well, I guess if you look at where, once the decision has been made that it's a penalty, I guess you have to say that could have been the last man, couldn't he? Yeah, um, it wasn't, though. Uh, yeah, no, I, again, I, I, I did not see it, because um, I, <laughs> I was down the other side of the ground, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, if he was last man, but obviously he wasn't. So, but it was was it Solly or it was Johan? Because yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, in in the ground, well, I wasn't sure. I kept saying it was Solly on the radio. So sorry if I uh, <laughs> besmirched his name. <laughs> uh, one CVG on the forum says JBG reminds me of Yoni uh, of when Yoni Bayouns would walk off after a game. He does not shake anyone's hands and he just trudges trudges off. He has all the hallmarks of someone who does not want to be here. Remember at the end of last season. Uh, when you talked to Johan and we interviewed him and asked him if he was likely to be here next season, if, if he said if the club showed the ambition, he'd happily sign a new contract. And obviously he has signed a new contract. So I guess for him, he's probably going to be quite disappointed with the mm. way things have turned out. He, mm. he was probably expecting to be challenging for playoffs. But I, I think we've all talked about Johan this season, particularly with the Euros coming up and whether we feel that that's affected his game because he's certainly not not the same player. I mean, even that free kick yesterday, we were sitting there, normally you'd put you'd put your ass on him scoring that free kick and he hit it low, straight into the wall. That's just not, that's not Johan. It's but not him. Last, but last Saturday, he was, he was Crack brilliant. Crack him. He, was, he got three assists last Saturday, but yeah. I don't know, it's just a bit of an odd one. I think it's, that, that, that's been, that is definitely our downfall this season, isn't it? The inconsistency of yeah. the players that in, in the past have been so consistent. Uh, well, it, has, it certainly hasn't helped. Um, mm, yeah. I think our downfall probably still look at the managerial changes. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, uh, I, the longer I think about it, the more I just cannot forgive the fact that we gave Carol Fry 14 games because that's, that's, what, a third of the season? Yeah. A third of the season we gave to him, someone completely, completely you know, unqualified to, to manage this football team and wasted that time and wasted the amount of points. We got eight game, We got eight points in that 14 games. It's incredible to think that we wasted so much time on him. I don't think it's any one of those things that's got us where we are. It's a combination of everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, Gami, uh, Mark says, uh, why do we need Fanny? We've already got 11 playing for us. <laughs> uh, Peter Pierce says the only thing that is a plus is we're not far off safety it could be worse and I guess that says a lot about the quality of the other teams in this championship mm-hmm. the, you know, the, there's teams out there that should have if, if they were going to make a serious bid for staying up they should have pulled away from us a long time ago yeah I mean I've I've read when a few I think even Paley when he was asked about whether whether we, we would be going down and they said there are three other teams that are worse than us but then we're at the bottom of the league mm-hmm. it's it doesn't like the, like the numbers don't lie. It we might not be the worst playing side, but we've we've conceded the most goals in the whole of the football league. It, you can't you can't argue with that. Um, and yeah, teams do go down being better football insides, but it's, that's what happens. It's mm. just that you can't excuse that. Yeah, a couple final of uh, uh, alternative protest idea. Dan Morrison says he's going to eat no more Belgian buns and he's never going to watch Pyro again. Uh, and Stephen says, when relegation comes, a total boycott for the first league game, which James Wise then says, first game boycott all home games next season and only go to away games, don't give the club any money. So there we go, not really a sort of... We did, we did have one last email, actually, Chris. Uh, uh, £9 million. How much of the claims £9 million spent on players was on show yesterday? Do we even know who... Well, if everyone was um, undisclosed, so we don't know how much was spent on either player. I think Naby Sarr, we know, was pretty much around <coughs> 1.7 million because it was reported in the Portuguese uh, newspaper 
uh, as 2.5 million euros. So I mm. used a Google um, conversion to work out what that was. Um, I think Johan. I think Johan was a free actually. I Johan was, was a free. Yeah, from we gave him a bit more. We're paying him a lot of wages. That's the only reason mm. we managed to get e- this. Igor was two, two and a half, wasn't it? <laughs> so is this nine million pounds since they've bought the club? Yeah, not just mm. this season. Right, since coming, okay. Yeah. So Cashy would have been yeah. a bit. Like I said it. I said he it was there yesterday, Cashy. Is he walking? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's walking. Oh, yeah, I, I, I said it last week though. You talk about nine million. I said it today. You talk about nine million pounds spent as if it's a badge of honour. So no, you spent nine million pounds on being bought in a championship. Mm. Silly, silly, silly. Right, I think we've pretty much run out of time here. Uh, thanks for listening to Channel Life. Sorry we came on a bit late. As I said, uh, TFL have let themselves down and they've let me down. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they let the listeners down. Yeah, let the listeners down as well. So you send send your uh, angry emails to who's in? I don't know Boris. TFL website. Yeah. Uh, and send them to Broadway uh, right uh, on that uh, thanks for joining us in the, in the studio Sue thanks for coming in thank you Nathan Muller thanks for joining us cheers mate Tom Wallin it's been cheers. a pleasure thanks mate hope you've enjoyed uh, this evening's show uh, more than you enjoyed yesterday's game we'll be uh, back on Thursday with the Big Match Preview and then we'll be back here on chartonlive.co.uk next Sunday thanks for listening we'll see you next week <laughs>